everyone. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's everyone doing? How's PAX East? Yes, yes. High energy. I love it. Yes. I love it. I'm glad to There's see. There's some energy. I wouldn't say it's high energy. We've been here since We've Tuesday. been here since Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, putting together booths and stuff. It's, yeah. We're tired. Um, <laughs> it's awesome to see people in person at PAX again. Um, three years ago, we were doing this panel, and then uh, some stuff happened. And we don't talk about it. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah, something happened. Yeah. Um, on wait. these unprecedented times. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could live in precedented times. Um, but I'm happy to see people. I'm glad people are here at the panel. Um, if this is your first time seeing this panel, we've done this panel like a dozen times or something. Mm-hmm. I've honestly lost count. Um, so Hidden Gems of PAX. Um, so the conceit is... PAX is action-packed. There's a, there's a lot of stuff always happening on the show floor, and sometimes, you know, you walk around and you just might miss some stuff. Uh, and maybe there'd be a cool panel that could showcase really cool stuff on the show floor so you don't miss it. So we try to, you know, showcase some smaller stuff, stuff on the fringes. You know, there's a lot of, like, independent developers that, you know, come here and take time out of their, their busy development schedules to purchase a booth and try to showcase what they're doing and we want to give them you know a spotlight to to do that yeah leg up yeah give them a great audience right so we will kind of go through i asked everyone here um i gotta introduce them first oh my gosh where are my manners who are you Uh, i well thank you uh i'm dylan vento i'm the co-founder of ward games um this is my good friend kobe west technical designer at the glory society give it up for kobe please And then also my other really good friend, Anya Combs, uh, games account manager over at Backer Kit. Please, oh, round of yay. applause. <laughs> Anya's, Anya's responsible for scoping out good games as her job to pick out cool stuff. I mean, it's like one of the many jobs yeah. I have. So you're like, you're, you know, professional at this. A professional if, looker? Yes. Yeah, a professional <laughs> looker. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so do we just want to just get into it? Um, all right, awesome. Yeah. I have a little thing I wanted to say. If that's oh, right. yes, please. Uh, I'm doing this at every panel that I'm doing because if you put a microphone in front of me, that's a bad idea. Uh, we're going to have fun today. I'm really excited to do this. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to the trans community who is absolutely going through it right now. Um, I don't want to speak for everyone on this panel, but I feel that I can. Uh, it's atrocious what's happening. I'm sorry that the hate continues, but we see you, we love you, we support you, and we stand with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're on like eight or nine panels, right? So you gotta... No, I'm only doing seven. Oh, only seven. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Okay. This, to be fair, though, the last PAX 2020... Oh, that was the time. I did 11, and I was running the Kickstarter room. I couldn't feel my feet for a week, and yeah. then I w- was forced to stay home for two years. So <laughs> <laughs> They're like, take all the time you need. Yeah, like, you're, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to go through the uh, uh, games. Um, I tried to get name of the game, obviously. Uh, we also get uh, booth number and also kind of the name of the studio publisher that the booth is listed under. So mm-hmm. afterwards, you can go and find them. I'll also tweet them all out um, later so that you just kind of have a, a running list of stuff. Um, well, let's get started. Kobe, you looked at this game with me. I did. Um, let me ask you something. Okay. How do, how do you feel about murder? I, uh, are you recording this? Also, are you a no, cop? No. Like what? Uh, no. Yeah. No. You legally have to tell us if uh, you're a cop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, me and murder. We're acquainted. Yeah. Yeah. How about mysteries? Uh, love a mystery. Love a mystery. How about murder mystery? A pro. Okay. All right. Great. Awesome. Well, I have the game for you. Um, so this is a game called Scene Investigators. Uh, it's part of this. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the studio's name. Ukiyo. Ukiyo. Um, 
and they're like, I believe they're the publisher for this. They have like kind of like a, a, a big uh, collection of games over there. But it's really cool. So if you like, if you like um, kind of those uh, deduction type um, problem solving things, like, you know, they, they have like the word versions of them where it's like all these people were like at this event and like this person was in this room and this person was that room and, you know, and this person's five feet tall and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, they've got uh, like the grids and stuff that you can fill. Yeah, and you can thing. like deduce like who the murderer was and stuff like that. So they have this. Um, but it's kind of like a walking sim. Um, so you walk around this environment and you kind of like investigate uh, stuff and try to figure it's really funny because like the the detective whoever also has their laptop just like in the middle of the crime scene, which I feel like that's just gonna you shouldn't do that. Um, well, wait, why? Well, it's gonna, it's gonna interrupt the the crime you're gonna get. You got experience with this, Dylan? Yeah. I play this video game, so yes, I do. <laughs> I was about to say, you have a lot of, like, thoughts and feelings about crime scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, like, there, the, there's, like, a basically, like, a Google form on the laptop where you're, like, okay, who was sitting at seat number one? You see all the chairs at the table are numbered. It was, like, who was sitting here? Who was sitting there? You know, who was the victim? Who was the murderer? Mm. Um, and it's really cool because, like a kind of gone home style game, there's like a bunch of like documents around that you can read. So there's like a birthday card that you open up, and it like says someone's name. There's someone's wa- someone's wallet is there, and you can look at everything in the wallet, like a driver's license and all the other kind of stuff. Um, and like you know, like similar deductive reasoning games, like an Oberdin or like the 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 word puzzle game we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. You kind of use those context clues to figure out things. So like an example of that is you open up the birthday card and it says, hey, happy birthday, you know, I'm so happy. And it's like, and then they make a brief mention to the person's partner and say like, you know, I'm so happy for them. And they were like going through Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. And you look at the table, there's only one seat that's not drinking. And you're like, oh, okay, that person is sitting there. And it's like, and so stuff like that. And I think that's like, you know, I like how it like elegantly dovetails that way it sounds a little bit like um elevated clue i guess yeah 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 yeah, yeah. interesting absolutely what do you like about it kobe i liked i I watched dylan play it for a little bit the demo seemed i think it was i think it was a level from the full game yes Mm -hmm. uh i liked the yeah the aspect of looking through the documents being able to flip them over see them from both sides uh yeah very reminiscent of gone home in Mm -hmm. a really great way i think yeah I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Tell, tell me about this game, Anya, from, from small games. Yeah, so Haunts Hide and Seek. I got to play this, so it's, it's kind of funny. So there were, there's, three, uh, there's three screens that were set up, and I, I, just not being observant, there was a dude who was playing the game, and it was me standing next to somebody, and it took me a full round of this game, to, so it's a multiplayer game, it took me a full round of the game to realize that I was playing with the guy that was standing to my right and not to my left. <laughs> and I was like, I think I might be playing this game wrong. And the guy next to me was like, hey, so let me know when you're ready. And I was like, oh, I did not observe that. Um, so you play as basically these like little spooky poltergeists, and it's top-down, sort of like Sims-oriented. Um, um, and you have to avoid this flashlight by haunting different um, things in, in the actual game. So like a chair, a desk, and you can make these scary things happen, but you have to evade um, the person who's called the Seeker, their flashlight. So the multiplayer component is you you are haunting with another person. Yeah. And if you can scare them, you get these little like um, purple sort of tokeny things and that is your I think it's called this the spirit or the spook or something like that um and you collect those to to basically like uh increase your score and you just float around this creepy little haunted house it's got it's got very like uh Disney's haunted mansion vibes it's very much got that that sort of vibe to it um and you just kind of float around and scare a dude with a flashlight which is so like that's the entire game it's super fun and super silly what is like the win condition for either side just because like the screenshot we're looking at right now is from mm-hmm. the perspective of like the human right and like you said the the, the poltergeist have more of like it was like that multiplayer luigi's mansion if anyone played yeah. that it was like part of like nintendo land or whatever it was um <clears throat> and like what's how, how does how does the like human win do they just like get all the ghosts and they win or they um what do you fl- if you flash your flashlight on the ghost for too long then the ghost like dies 
Uh, and I think that you can respawn three different times, and after the third time, like you're just you've, you're a ghost that was found. <laughs> um, and so as long as they just flash their flashlight on you, it just sort of like you're, there's like a little health bar. In the sure, end. sure. Oh gosh, I've been found. Very much like Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it kind of like prop hunt where you're like, I'm happening um, things or kind of kind of yeah you can't like you can move stuff around but you don't want to move stuff around too much so that it's obvious that you're like moving a desk around right yeah, so you yeah. kind of want to like be very sneaky about it it's actually like it was hard it was a really hard game so when i figured out who i was playing with <laughs> we both were like whoa this is really difficult oh no but it was like it was fun it was quick it was easy um I think they're they're trying to sort of figure out the direction of where they want to go with the game, uh, and they're they're if anybody here is a publisher, like I, I don't I don't work for them or anything, but they are looking for a publisher right now. So if you're like, oh wow, this is cool and interesting, um, they are actively looking for publishing. Yeah, it's always exciting to be in that state where like stuff is still like coming together and mm-hmm. like you could like the direction of the game could change, mm-hmm. um, but you have enough to show off. And then also really terrifying because you need to find a publisher and funding and that, uh, that sort of it's, stuff. It's it's almost as if another funding option there is a little thing called crowdfunding. <gasps> no, 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 what is that? Uh, well, no, that's not the... That's, it's your own a, panel. It's a different panel that we don't talk about. <laughs> cool. All right, Kobe, I think you're next up. Yeah, so rightfully Barry Arms. This is another small team. Uh, it's a very cute game. Their key art is very cute and immediately drew me in. It is a twin-stick shooter roguelike. So... Uh, think of like Gungeon, but there's more of a choice-based aspect to it. So you can choose which area you're going to next, and that influences the enemies you're seeing, or if you're getting the shop or stuff and stuff like that. Uh, there's bosses every so often. I think there's six bosses in a run potentially. When you defeat the bosses, you get a, a detrimental modifier to you, and you get to pick what that is. And so that influences your run pretty dramatically as you go along. Uh, It makes it so each run is different. So you're gaining power on one side, and then you're also gaining these detriments. You're still gaining more power throughout, so you can feel the progression. But it it adds a new uh, layer to it, and it seems pretty cool. I played through the demo. Uh, It it felt really, really tight. The controls felt really tight, and that was uh, delightful to see, delightful to play. So, yeah, really recommend it. Semi-related. When I went to hunt for this this screenshot, uh, I think it was on their 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 site, or like part of their press kit. I went to download, you know, right-click, download from the from Chrome, and I think the file name of this was like, "Oh my God, the bees" or something. <laughs> Good <laughs> like, humor. Or Good not humor. not the bees. Uh, I just hear Nicolas Cage screaming in my head. About, bees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The team. The team seemed very nice. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's always fun to find a, a new roguelike or roguelite. Yes, roguelite. roguelite. I should say cuz there is there is permanent progression. I I'm not sure what that is cuz it's demo, but uh there was permanent progression as well. Cool, cool. Any questions from you Anya? I think this looks really fun. I'm going to try to play it tomorrow. Cool. Not yeah. a question, but thank you. More of a comment than a question. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> it's my sixth or seventh panel of packs. I've been in this industry this. 15 years. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, cool. Pacific Drive. Um, if you've seen a recent PlayStation Direct, you might have seen this game. Um, the, the kind of log line of it is it is a, it's a survival game where you are decking out an old station wagon as like kind of your battle station uh, as you're driving through the Pacific Northwest. Um, so, and that's really cool of itself. Like aesthetically, like there's paranormal stuff, kind of like XCOMI, you're like running into like all these like mm-hmm. aberrations and like the, the environment can just shift on you like uh, in an instant, like you can get like lightning storms or like there are parts where like parts of the ground just started like levitating up and like blocking a certain uh, path for me to go down. Um, but also it has a really cool like frictional aspect to the game. Um, and by that I mean like everything that you interact with is not seamless. So you start off in the demo and your car is like kind of dilapidated at this at this gas station you got to repair it you have a blowtorch that you repair it with um and then once you repair it you're like okay cool now you got to get gas out of the gas uh, out of the pump and pump it into the car and then it's like all right get in the car and you get in the car and you're like cool i'm in a car i've 
driven cars in video games before, you know, right trigger gas, left trigger brake and reverse. I know how this works. And I hit the right trigger and the car does nothing, does nothing. And I'm like, what is wrong with this? And then I look down because it kind of like highlights, like does like a highlighted outline, like it, whatever, like your character is targeting because it's first person. And I look down and it highlights the ignition. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to start the car. And then I start the car and I'm like, great, right trigger drive. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> and I look down again and there's a gear shift. And I'm like, oh my God. And I like put it into drive and I'm like, all right, now we can go. And I'm like driving the car around and like in the demo, you like have to find like these, some abnormality in the environment that you have to like find and pick up and put in your car. And I, I drive around to the first one and it's like kind of like up on a hill and I'm like, cool, drive it up there. Um, and then I, I get to the spot and I get out of the car. Did not put it in park. So I just see the car roll down no. the hill. And I'm just like, you know, yakety saxing my way to the car. Like, wait, 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 wait. And jump in it and park it. And it's cool because like that's, I like that it plays upon your expectations mm -hmm. as a player to do that. Or like another example is um, when you pick up things, you can like mount it to your car. There's like a head a roof rack and stuff on the sides. And I'm like, cool, pick up this like giant piece of like 80s looking tech to like store it on the car. And I'm like gonna put it on the roof rack. And I hit the wrong button and he just throws it. <laughs> and it just goes sailing like 10 feet. And I'm like, okay, uh, let me go pick that up. Hope I didn't damage it, but yeah. And um, I didn't see much combat in, in the game because I died pretty quick. Uh, but I know I've seen screenshots and you have like a crowbar and stuff. So I think over time you can like build, you know, some sort of armaments and stuff to engage with the environment, and, you know, hopefully because they're a survival game or like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's aspects of that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's got a good vibe. There's, it's always fun to see games that have like a unique aesthetic and like all the UI font is in like the VHS. S text, mm -hmm. and that's all fun. So yeah, so they they um, like I said, they were on a PlayStation Direct a little while ago. They have their own booth. You should definitely go check it out. People seem really stoked on it, and I really enjoyed my time with it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so getting out of the car, first person, some yeah. combats. Failed I, at it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I do love that you're repairing the car with a blowtorch, as all cars are repaired <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Traditionally, you do it. I literally pointed it at the wheel well, and it just like the wheel it just re self repaired itself by. Yeah, I've blown a tire up before. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, with fire. With fire. With fire. Um, yeah, that sounds. Wonderful. What was what was your favorite part of repairing the car? <laughs> of specifically that? Oh, the blowtorch also uh, healed all the cracks in the window. Yeah, we just yeah, saw yeah, all yeah. the cracks. Oh. Just self. It was like safe light. It was just like awesome. Just, <laughs> this is how it works, right? Yeah. Good. 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 Anything from you, Anya? Are there um, just because it's the Pacific Northwest? Are there like animals that you need to? Like, are there, like, bears and mountains? I didn't see any wildlife in what I played. I mean, mm. uh, so far, the Pacific Northwest aspects, I think, is in that kind of um, the, the environments, oh, okay. uh, terrain and, yeah. you know, foliage and stuff. I assume other aspects of it come into play. Mm -hmm. the, the, the part, a lot of the creative director, I was someone from the team was telling me, the creative director, he had this exact same car. <laughs> And he lives in Seattle, so he has so like a lot of this just stems from his own personal experiences. So I assume a lot of it is one to one, or you know, you could probably point to like yeah. key art or like you know pictures of the Pacific Northwest of parts of this. I mean, that looks like the Pacific Northwest. I'm concerned that this uh, this human is trying to repair their car with a blowtorch, though, and that might be why it doesn't work. <laughs> Look, experimental learning, you know. That's fair. Yeah. Do it is know, the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> do you know how long the game takes place over? I don't. Like I said, I died. There's a, also like radiation hotspots. Okay. So it kind of has like that fallout thing where there's like a radiation gauge and then like the longer you stay in it or like there's like, you know, rings of it where it's like high radiation, mid radiation stuff and it'll take out more of your health. And if you die, the demo's over. So right, like right, right. Mm. if you don't, if you, if, and there was like this, there's this giant like, floating stone orb that had like a molten core in it that was like one of the enemies and it would just ram my car <laughs> and the and the alarm would go off every time it <laughs> rammed it which is i assume the way it communicates that the car is taking damage and i was just like what do you do like and i and i have nothing i don't have any weapons or anything so it's like I, I guess i'm just gonna you know just a really angry 
uh, paranormal meter maid that just didn't like where I parked. You did a bad job. I did. <laughs> this, this feels a little bit like uh, a next level flash game. Flash game? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm thinking, <laughs> I think maybe it's just the perspective of this, but this looks like Sean Tanner's Escape the Car, but, like, with... Oh, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff to interact with on the dashboard and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so there's, cool. like, there's a lot of that. Um, I honestly wasn't trying to be funny. I was being genuine. No, 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 yeah. I, I, I was just looking for the... The, the, the correlation. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, a map. Like, the map is, if you like Far Cry 2 and you like in-world maps, let me tell you. You can turn to your right, and in the passenger seat, there's, like, a giant, like, digital map mounted, and it swivels. So if you're, like, if you, you can be sitting in the car, and then you look at that map, and obviously you can crash into something because you're not paying attention. <laughs> um, and it'll tell you where you are. But if you get out of the car, the entire, that entire screen swivels to face the window of the passenger side, and you can, like, open the car and look at it and stuff. And there's, like, this kind of, like, energy, like, Mr. Fusion type thing that, like, absorbs, like paranormal stuff so like that's the the quest in the game is like to find all these hot spots and pick up like mm. this paranormal orb and you put it in your car and it like uh like disintegrates it and like absorbs it into the car and i assume there's like another leg of that if you don't die like me yeah get get the orb be better because yeah of it. get good get orb mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. all right moving on anya yeah so this um i sent you the wrong screenshot is it? Yeah, that's okay. That's the, so the company is named I Rabble. I took this from their press kit, so that's not No, all. no, 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 no. You are correct. The company is called Rabble, but the game in particular that I was looking at was a game called Sparks. Oh, um, okay. I think it, that's like an expansion to Rabble. It's an expansion like to Rabble. both yeah. right next to each other. Yeah, okay. that's okay. I'm, I'm, I wrote some notes down. because. Okay, so imagine really this box. Instead of it being blue, it's like purple, right? And there's like constellations and stars and something. <laughs> and it says Sparks. <laughs> it Does everyone have that? Sorry? Does everyone have that? The image. Oh, the yeah, image. yeah. Does everyone yeah. have? Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Theater of the mind, please. <laughs> um, I thought this was really cool. So it's a so Sparks is a conversation game inspired by the stars. Um, it's sort of like a social introduction game instead of a social deduction game. Um, it reminds me a lot of a game called Out of Our Shells from the designer of Toe Jam and Earl. He made a, a card game that basically has like little prompts. Um, to, it's like a getting to know each other game. But there's a game within a metagame or a game within a game here. So uh, you want to follow the stars that are on the card. So there's little stars that sort of line up based on how you answer questions because there's three different levels. There's like sort of easy, medium, hard. Um, so that's past, present, and future. So you answer questions. These are real answers, obviously, about your past, your present, and your future. And you end up collecting cards based on the little um, symbols that are on the bottom. Um, the final round, once you can like build a constellation, so if it's like Aries, Scorpio, Sagittarius, or like astrology is really big right now, uh, there's like a final question that's revealed on that card, which is one last thought provoking question. Um, I've seen a lot of these, I, I work a lot in the tabletop space and I've seen a lot of these like social, uh, interaction games and I thought it was cool that it wasn't just like here is a question <laughs> right like tell me about your first pet <laughs> um there was sort of a game within a game also what hospital you were born in what's your mother's maiden name I'm not trying to reverse engineer your password <laughs> what is your social security number <laughs> like um but I thought it was really cool and really interesting just sort of playing on the astrology part of it as using like one last thought-provoking question to have interaction. And then also being able to collect the cards is like, like a little bit of a metagame associated with the game cool. too. But yeah, I but thought it, it was cool. So, but I'm not incorrect in saying it is an ex, like an expansion or like a partner, like a sister game of this one. Right? Yeah, they have, if you go to their booth, they have, I think they have like four or five different games, but they're, they're all sort of these like social interaction games but Sparks in particular was more of a like getting really deep, getting to know each other got it, sort got of it. sort of game, right? Which like I've I've played out of our shells with friends before, and they always really like it. Um, there's another game that's similar called Pineapple. Um, that's just like asking questions about each other, just kind of kind of getting to know each other. But I like that it was like if you just want to focus on the past cards, you can do that. You're not going to get to the final round because you have to have a past, a present, and a future. But it gives you the option to sort of play how you want to play, which I thought was really cool. Cool. It's like a more interactive tarot almost. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Tarot is definitely real. 
Tarot is fantastic. It's fantastic <laughs> therapy. It's fantastic in general. It's cool. Um, I don't get any of it. <laughs> I don't understand it. I've had someone, I had someone read my birth chart and like a, like a literal witch friend of mine who is a witch. And they were like, you have so much Sagittarius in your chart that I don't think you're human. <laughs> Two Sages. What's yeah. up? Sorry. <laughs> Boo. Got what are you? Star? I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have three fire signs on yeah, this. Look at us go. This is going to be, we're going to light this stage on fire. It's like a spicy, <laughs> it's a spicy thing on y'all. We're going to burn this place to around. No, no, no. And no, then no. Dylan and I are going to change our minds every five seconds because that's what Sagittarians do. Yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds like me. It's okay. I'll boldly push forward. Yeah. I, well, as a Sagittarian, I'm surprised you don't have a passport. Wow. Okay. <laughs> also, my mother's maiden name <laughs> is... So is it a, does it stand, it's a standalone game. It's not an expansion. I don't think it's an expansion. I okay. think it is a standalone game. I, that is actually a really good question because I was, I was a little bit unclear, but I just thought mm -hmm. that the Sparks game itself was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they're all at the same booth. So if you go there, you'll see yeah. this. They also have in this, this Rabble, because when I was looking up like key art for this, um, also when I was looking up key art, their website's fantastic because it is like a lot of like very hip attractive people like smiling holding hands of cards and I'm like someone got like a real professional photographer to to take care of these photos it's just like very stock photos yeah yeah I mean it's like it's like a woman eating salad but instead of salad it's you know the, <laughs> these but cards but is she laughing she is also laughing mm, good 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 um, is she like trying to eat the cards like salad yeah it's that just a big good. bowl of, of the rabble cards <laughs> and they're like no you you know did not understand the brief tips and dip and kind of situation. Yeah, I'm yeah. so hungry, <laughs> to be honest with you. I got a Jimmy John's sandwich waiting for me back at the booth yeah, when we're oh, done with yeah. this. So jealous. I have to do, oh, I have to do another panel. Oh, I'm <laughs> so popular. I got to do another panel. <laughs> Moving on. Unleaving. Unleaving by Orangutan Matter, Inc. Inc. So uh, Unleaving is a platform game, a kind of like a, a, a puzzle platformer, kind of like a limbo or an inside. The really cool thing about it, though, is every frame is hand-painted. So it's uh, and painted in acrylic, I believe, and then scanned in. And it's a really beautiful game. The palette is the same throughout the whole game, it sounded like. So uh, the color situation is very... It, it, it keeps it all in the same vibe, and then the characters got a much brighter palette, and so they stand out against that. Uh, it apparently touches on themes of mental health and uh, that you know kind of thing, which is really important. The coolest thing I thought was going on at their booth was they had an acrylic painting set up so people could add their own mark to it. And then after each person painted their thing or covered up someone else's thing, they would take a picture of it and then post a time lapse of what people had done throughout the day. And so you could see how things changed over time. And just a really incredible idea. So highly recommend going to the booth, checking out the game, and adding your mark to their painting and uh, seeing how that changes over time. Uh, I think it's just a, a very clever thing, and it was a cool tie-in to their game. Yeah, and That's it was also so like cool. a very... A Precious, like it was a, it was a, it was a husband and wife, yes, uh, dev pair, mm -hmm. uh, down from Montreal, and it's like you know very scrappy, very like authentic, kind of studio setup, uh, booth setup. So like yeah, they had the game running, you could play it, and then yeah, they had this easel setup with the acrylic painting that you could. Yeah, and they uh, seemed very genuine and very excited to have folks, you know, come talk to them. So yeah, go go talk to them, go play the game. Yeah, absolutely. That is, the, I, I love that concept. That's gorgeous, gorgeous mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm going to play that. Mm -hmm. If yeah. anyone's ever seen uh, The Whale and the Bird, it's an animation. It won Oscar's Best Short or was nominated for a few years ago, and it's also hand-painted oil animation. Uh, each frame was painted on top of the other one, and this, this is very reminiscent of that, and that's also a beautiful short. Uh, no one's ever seen it, so. Yeah. Yeah, and they're right on the edge of, um, they're easy to find because they're right on the edge of, like, the video game uh, part of the expo floor. So, like, when you see that gap that, like, separates video games from uh, uh, the tabletop stuff, they're, like, right on that outer rim. Um, so you can find them pretty easily. Nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> So Kobe and I have been looking at this game 
all weekend because they are right next to the Finji booth that we're helping out with. And it's great. And it's it's a game you've probably heard of. Uh, it's, it's Who's Your Daddy? Question mark, exclamation mark. Um, and it's a game you might have heard of from a couple years ago because it kind of had like a, a, it was kind of a viral sensation for a bit. Um, and apparently they're like, they're like redoing it or something. They're like. Yeah, they're doing a big refactor so they can start adding more stuff to it again. Right. Um, and if you're not familiar with the concept of this game, it is um, kind of like the ghost game you, you, were, you were talking about. It, it is asymmetrical. Well, this is the only, the only point of comparison. The ghost, is it the, a dead baby? Yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a baby ghost. Um, it it not is yet. not yet. Uh, so it is asymmetric multiplayer, um, at least it, up to four people. So at least one person has to play the dad and at least one person has to play the baby. And the ba- I'm sorry. What was, no, the daddy. The daddy, excuse me, sorry. Yes. And the baby's goal is to try to, for lack of a better phrase, end their life like <laughs> as qu- as quick within the t- within the time limit. Um, and the and the daddy's goal is to prevent that from happening, like any good father. Um, and so the baby has like all of these tools at their expose uh, disposal, right? So it's like. There's like, what did you try doing? Because Kobe and I oh, played I, it too. Yeah, I was the only. Dylan was a really good. I'm a father, great dad, except for to me. So we played with three other people, or two other people, and I successfully went into the oven and perished like any good baby yeah. would. Um, but it, he, yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, like the subject matter is a little gruesome, but like the way they play it, it's like so ridiculous. Because first off, look at this baby. <laughs> this baby. <laughs> Like, even ignoring the fact that it's drinking what's called veal oil, like, this baby's eyeballs are, like, poking out of its skull. Like, it's it's intentionally ridiculous. What's going on with the arm that's drinking? Okay, that was my yeah, second yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. talk about this, all right? So Kobe's talking about, yeah, so I, like, threw myself in the oven and I turned the oven on. Babies can't do that in real life. So the way they do it in this game, because, you know, when you make a video game, you have, like, animations. You have to, like, you know, custom fabricate the animations. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, you know, you're not thinking bold enough, you see. You see, the baby and also the daddy in this, let's say the character's hand is, like, over here, right? And it's, like, there's a doorknob they need to open. Instead of, like, doing this kind of animation and, like, reaching over, the hand just goes and grabs the door handle, opens it, and then just snaps back to where it was originally. And that's for everything. Like, so, like, Kofi, like, is crawling up like a baby to open the door, and then one of their hands just goes to grab the, the, the handle and pull the door open and then turn on one of the switches to the oven. Um, they also, the babies also have like a Skyrim style, like dragon shout what? <laughs> that can force the, the daddy to like fall over. Oh yeah. So when the daddy picks up the child, uh, there's this like fist icon that starts going up and down. And if you press the button while the fist is inside of the icon, yeah. it, if you like uh, the fishing mini game in Stardew Valley, do I have great news yeah, for yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you can then punch your father in the face to yeah. get out of his grip. But even when you're crawling, you can hit a button and it goes like, Wah! and there's like a physical like shout. like. Oh, yeah, you can boost your guy your dad. Yes, and like, but then then the dad like immediately ragdolls. Like the dad just goes, <laughs> oh, and then just falls to the floor. And then when it falls to the floor, the daddy falls to the floor, you're like, what's the button to pick them to make them stand up? No, there's no button to make them stand up. You just have to press nothing for like a second and then they automatically stand back up. If you hit A, their ragdoll limp body just starts jumping around. And for some reason, when you're ragdoll, your jump is like way more, way stronger and you go farther distances. So you just knock yourself over and just like speed run this game, just get from end to end of the map like nobody's business. It's ridiculous, this game. It, it, was, a, it was a lot of fun. Go ahead, go no, no, that was... It, it sort of seems like... One, either this baby is possessed. Um, and two, who's your daddy? It's a question of who is the daddy? Is it the daddy or the baby? Because yeah. the baby has that much power, I'm the I would argue. Now. Yeah, By I would argue that I mean. that baby is daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty wild. Like obviously I like a lot of folks I saw I remember seeing videos of this yeah. a while back and I was like, Oh, oh. Here's your daddy, huh? <laughs> Let's go check this out. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. The name of the studio is also fantastic. Yes, Evil Tortilla. 
games. Um, but yeah, they're right next to us. Mm-hmm. Right next to they the also bumpers. have a new game uh, called. It's called like Belly Belly, Belly yeah Belly Bumpers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, another party game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I recommend checking it out. You're knocking people off a platform. It's a uh, fully 3D and it takes place on a burger right now with little pickles as your little bumpers to make you not fall off. So. Pretty cool, pretty interesting, very yeah, funny they, as well. They they know their their market. They know their their style. Who is their market? Daddies. <laughs> Stoners. Yeah, this is a tra- this is a training game for for soon to be fathers. Yeah, oh, my no. friend actually was forced to play this by the hospital before they would let him take the kid home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just him, the doctor, and like two nurses. It's like, all right, we're gonna be the babies, and you'll be the daddy. Oh, all- did you see that? Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, the types of babies you can be. There's like a skeleton baby. There's like a hot dog baby. There's a daddy baby. There's a daddy baby. So they just take the baby's model and just stretch it to the size of a grown human. So you're just a giant baby walking around. And vice versa. Right. It's a good game. <laughs> Anya, The Wandering Village. Yeah. Oh, a lot of you have seen this. I. To be totally fair, this is a little bit unfair for me to include here um, because I worked with Philomena uh, who's the head of the studio on this was a Kickstarter project collusion yeah it's collusion I just I remember when she pitched it to me and I was like oh my god that is so cool and I and now just being able to see it on the floor it's like fantastic to be able to see um, but basically I took some notes because my I'm old and my memory is gone um, so it's a resource management sim sort of cozy game um so basically there was a toxic chemical that spilled and your village and your people were all forced out of their settlement um and so you have to become the leader of a new human settlement and you survive with this giant creature that you basically ride um so there's like it's not just a resource management game it's also a relationship management game because the actions that you take affect your settlement um so you need to balance the needs of the villagers of all of the humanity that you're trying to save um but your actions also affect the creature that you're riding so it's it's there's a lot there uh, it's also a city builder. <laughs> it's like kind of everything all into one. But I just thought it was really like, it's super unique, right? Like you're writing this creature while you're trying to like keep humanity alive, right? There's a little bit of, I feel like there's a little bit of Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender in here kind of vibes. A little bit, just like, it's not Appa, but it should be because in my eyes, everything should be Appa, so. Extremely fair, extremely fair. Extremely fair. And there is that giant turtle in in Avatar too. Sorry, one more time. There is a giant turtle in Avatar too. That's like oh, that's true. Of, like, there is an a island giant on turtle back. that has yeah. a resource around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was like it was so unique and also just like there's so many directions that this game could have taken and it being focused on like resource management, a city building game, and like kind of a cozy game. I thought that was just like what a what a bold take to do because like if Bethesda made this game, right, it would be dark and it would be scary and it would be like so intense and be super hyper violent. And like the creature would probably have to like fight a bunch of other creatures. And so taking the direction of like, I want to make this more chill. I just thought that was like super creative and interesting. Is it kind of solar punk? Like the kind of hopeful dystopian? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I'm looking forward to the games made by the future generations that are kind of moving in that direction. A lot of the student games that we're seeing now are moving in that yeah. hopeful dystopian direction. Yeah, if you look at yeah. Hill over yeah. at Devolver, that's like you reclaiming yeah. the environment from... There was there was an interesting think piece. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't know who or what wrote it, but basically how like you can't... It was, it was, it was a commentary on The Last of Us being... Um, being made into a show about how like the challenge of that as a society is that if you have too many dystopian uh, shows without hope, that will affect the culture because it basically just reinforces the idea that everything is falling apart and there is no hope. And so we haven't had a like utopian show as a contrast and, and, a, and like a utopian piece of content or media mm-hmm. as a contrast to all of the 
very dark, bleak, dystopian shows that are, that are very popular. Um, and I feel like games is the one medium where maybe we can like kind of change that yeah. a little bit. I'm really I mean, curious even, about that. Even looking at like Star Trek Picard, which Star Trek is like mm-hmm. the most utopian television show. Mm-hmm. And like Picard is like very dark and gritty from what I understand. I haven't seen any of it. I haven't either. I probably should watch it. But yeah, I thought to your point, I think like we're seeing a lot more of uh, dystopian. It's terrible, but like let's kind of rise from the ashes and make things better. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, I have a question about like the 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 animal itself that you you write on, like because I saw like a screenshot where it's like several like clicks of magnification out, and mm-hmm. you like can chart the path of the animal or mm-hmm. something. Like, does that what what gameplay purpose does that have? I don't know. Okay, great. I actually didn't get to play this game. I just watched it because there were too many people. Very popular. It's part of PAX Rising, and if you're not if, yeah. if you're not familiar with PAX Rising, they like kind of it's like an application process mm-hmm. directly with with PAX, and um, they just showcase like a bunch. You get like a little kiosk, and they have a bunch of games kind of collected together there. There there was another game I didn't put it on the list. I just saw it this morning, but it was like a chaotic pinball okay. game. It was yeah. I, what was it? Xenotilt. Yeah, and it was like their promo was like a bunch of flyers that you would see if you were putting on like a DIY punk show. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I mean, obviously, hi, I've got all these skulls and nonsense on myself in my bathroom at Airings. Um, so, like, my vibe. Uh, but I was like, what a fun concept of like, I feel like pinball machines, I don't know, maybe I'm biased because they're, they're like pretty big in New York. I know they're pretty big in Austin. They're big in Austin, yeah. yeah. So, so like taking something that is so traditional and then making it into a digital medium is like, I don't know, something really interesting about that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, This is also one you picked. I think this is another Pax Rising game. Yes, this is another Pax Rising game. Paper Trail. Yeah, this really reminded me of a fold apart. Um, but instead of like you're playing with a partner and being about a long distance relationship that, you know, maybe is ending, um, instead you are playing solo and you, it's a puzzle game and you have to fold all of the different pieces of paper in order to solve all of the puzzles. So like super fun, super interesting, really cool concept for a puzzle game. I played uh, a decent portion of the demo and I really enjoyed it. It's not the easiest and it ramps up pretty quickly in difficulty which I thought was like kind of cool um but you get to just click around and figure out how to like fold all these different pieces of paper in order to solve all of the puzzles based on the prompts that you get so cool love it yeah um the the crew making this uh newfangled um I know one of the devs Henry Hoffman he made um oh Hugh Remember that game you, from yeah. like a couple of years ago? That was like it was like a puzzle. It was a puzzle platformer, but like you can change the color of the environment, and puzzles were mm-hmm. played that way. Um, and I know they have some other folks uh, collaborating on this, and yeah, I just I think this is another cool like change the environment to you know navigate your way through these puzzles kind of thing. I I just really appreciate that we're at a state in games and especially with indie games where instead of just sort of recycling all of the things that exist, right? Because there, there really are only so many mechanics that people can use to make games. I really, really appreciate that indies are willing to like test things and break things and there seems to be like a strong devotion to making a game that is not just a carbon copy of things that are popular that exist. And so it, the mechanic may not the make, make like the most sense at first, but once you get into it, it's really interesting and cool. And I, I'm seeing more of that as like we're, we're having the ability to see these games in person a lot more. Yeah. And there's like that cool wave of things where everyone kind of gets intrigued by the same idea at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there was the you know, rhythm-based FPSs. There was like two or three of those mm-hmm. that kind of struck at the same time because people are experimenting with it. Uh, and that's cool. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe, 10 candles. Yeah, 10 candles. So I, you, Whoa. I had to find a, 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 a... I went to this person's um, uh, site to find a, a shot of it. And I was like, did Kobe give me a seance card game is that is that what the is that what's going not on not what it is okay. but uh right, well, that would be I'll cool shut up as then. well hey stop <laughs> uh so 10 candles by cavalry games i spoke to the designer he was very kind 
the game is a horror tabletop, or sorry, yeah, tabletop RPG. And so it is best played by the light of 10 tea candles, and you will need 10 tea candles to play it. Uh, you, those tea, 10 tea candles represent the lives of your 10 party members you're starting out with, and by the end of the game, they will all die. And everyone goes in knowing that. And so you're creating this horror story together as a group. Uh, you'll need a DM and you'll need four to five players. At the beginning of the game, the players, uh, the protagonists have a lot of power. They've got all of the power, basically. As the game goes on, that power gets siphoned slowly and slowly over to the DM, the GM. And uh, eventually, everyone dies, and it's a, a cool game because you know going into it what's going to happen. You know how it's going to end, and you can set up a, a really cool scenario as a group to make that ending satisfying. And I, I really like a game that's a cooperative storytelling environment, and that's, that's what this is. Cool. Yeah. So, like, how, how do actions play out? Yeah, so you start out, the good guys start out with ten dice, and to succeed in any action, you just need to roll a six. Six, so, so ten six-sided? Yes, okay, ten six-sided cool. dice. And you roll the entire pool every time. Cool. Uh, if you roll a one, well, that dice gets put aside. And then the next time uh, you roll, the GM will roll that dice against you. And at that point, if they roll more sixes than the players they get the narrative control, so they get to decide, no, that's actually not how that scenario plays out, this is how that scenario plays out. But again, everyone's in on it from the start, you know what's gonna happen, and any time the GM roll wins, one of the candles gets put out. Uh, also, the lifetime of the candles matters. If a candle goes out naturally, the candle still went out, and so you've gotta find a way to explain Ooh. that narratively. Um, yeah, so that's, that's love that. the mechanics of it. Interesting, that's yeah. cool. I... I love this for a lot of different reasons, but uh, being so heavily involved in the tabletop space, I have a lot of opinions about tabletop games. Um, <laughs> I have some notes here. <laughs> uh, I'm loving that the unintended impact of the OGL decision has been an incredible influx of great tabletop role-playing games that are not associated with D&D. And that's not to say that I am anti-D&D. I love D&D. I play D&D as much as I can, given my schedule and my friends' schedule. I'm a little anti-D&D. That's totally fair. Um, but I think one of the challenges with D&D, especially if people are getting into role-playing games for the first time, tabletop role-playing games, one, D&D is massive. It is so big. There's so much to go on. It's not intuitive, quite frankly. Um, and I think... I can see people being very turned off to the TTRPG space if they're if they're like their first introduction, if they've like never played a role-playing game before. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend five years of my life in this campaign versus like a one-shot that's simple, right? Pretty, pretty like straightforward mechanics. This is great. Also, if you go to the Indie Press Revolution, I don't know their booth number. Indie Press Revolution has an incredible array of um, indie TTRPGs that are like one shots or smaller experiences. I think those are much more accessible to people uh, than the, you know, what, 60 years of D&D that you have to just cram into one session. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. And I think a really cool thing about this is it's a zero prep game. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. So, the GM can just show up. Only thing that needs to be supplied is the 10 candles. And uh, in the back of the, the book, there are some pre-written scenarios, so you can just go through those. And yeah, it's, I, I love a zero prep game. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like tabletop stuff sometimes. <laughs> Dylan's very anti- I'm not. No. Dylan came to PAX Unplugged and was like, what do you mean? There's no digital? That's, no oh, no one calls them digital games. He said <laughs> nonsense nomenclature over on the tabletop side. Oh, analog. Oh, you play analog games. <sighs> <laughs> this is what Dylan said to me once, and I was like, no. why are we friends? It's like a TV game, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> you play it on your CRT. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's all the games we have. Cool. Uh, is there anything else anyone wants to discuss? Do we have a sponsor? Uh, I'm just, that's for us. 
I'm going to talk about what we're all doing at the show outside of this. I'm going to end cap what you said and just say protect trans kids. It's yeah. so important yeah. right now and always. Hell yeah. Yeah. Agree wholeheartedly. But yes, these lovely folks took time out of their busy schedule to come showcase some games. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. What they're all doing at the show because we're all doing a bunch of random stuff. Uh, so Kobe and I are helping out Finji. Uh, Finji mm-hmm. is at fifteen oh seven eight. Um, you can see a big. We have like a big stand up sign for it. Um, and if you want to play Who's Your Daddy, it's literally right behind us. So you can come say hi, and then you can play that nonsense game. Um, Anya's doing stuff for Backer Kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in getting anything crowdfunded through Backer Kit. Hit them up. That's well, we also do. We don't just do crowdfunding. What? Yeah. So Backerkit is also a pledge manager, and we do marketing for games. So oh, awesome. It's, an, it's actually sort of an all-service thing. Um, so it's just me from Backerkit here because I'm the only, I'm one of the like very few East Coast people. It's a West Coast-based company. Um, we launched a crowdfunding platform last year. It's currently in beta, so it's a little bit of a curation process. But I am, I'm here really just to talk to people about the crowdfunding platform. Um, we're actively taking applications. Uh, I would love to talk to anybody that is looking at crowdfunding as an option because our crowdfunding platform also includes pledge management and marketing, if that's something you're interested in. Right, yeah. So hit her up. That's her Twitter account at the bottom. Also, um, I'll, be on, I'll just be around. Like, I'll be on the show yeah, so come find hi. me. Look for the Baphomet earrings. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're recording this. Uh, this will go up on our uh, podcast feed. Like I said, I run Ward Games. We had, we, I, I kind of record every panel I'm mm-hmm. on. We post it um, if you want to reference back to it. You can look at our Twitter account and that hashtag, hashtag packs in gems i'll tweet out all the games i'll probably do it like tomorrow morning um so if you're around for the show you can check those out um i'm working on something kobe's working on something we're all working on games nothing i also have like a whole bunch of like non-game stuff yeah and ani does music yeah i have three records coming out this year so if you follow me on twitter incredible thanks yeah Yeah. if you follow me on twitter i'm gonna probably start tweeting out some of the promo for the records um i also do a little bit of games freelance for people that are looking at crowdfunding i'm happy to run your kickstarter campaign uh i do freelancing just uh, looking to if anything games related let me know what i can do to help you everything and anything Truly. <laughs> I'm a cockroach of the video game Jeez. space. I just can't get rid of Jeez. me. <laughs> um, but uh, why is this not working? There's a thank you slide, but I guess it's gone. But I'd like to say thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come see us. Hope you check out some of the games. Tell them Hidden Gems sent you. <laughs> Have a great PAX. Thank you. And thanks, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. No problem.